In today's topic about stress, anxiety and sleep, I have a very special guest, Dr. M.G. Thomas. Dr. Thomas is a psychiatrist with over four decades of experience in mental health, anxiety and stress. He has been a senior consultant in psychiatry in some of the biggest hospitals of Bangalore. He has published over 85 papers related to psychiatry and mental health and there was no one better to discuss stress and anxiety. Stress is discussed so widely today but what is the concept of actually stress? What is stress? And this is actually a master class on stress. How stress is connected to physiology and sleep and how can you actually take control? This is such a relevant subject in today's world and what is fascinating is Dr. Thomas delves into aspects that include how several physiological symptoms and conditions are actually anxiety at play within the body. So if you want to learn what is stress, what is a stressor, what's a stress experience, what is your stress response, why has stress become so prevalent today and how does it show up as diagnosis including IBS and irritable bladder. What's the connection between your anxiety and stress and how can you train your brain to get past it. This is a discussion that I think is very important today and I'm especially glad that it came from somebody who is a medical practitioner because it breaks down how there is a space beyond medication for stress management, anxiety and restoring your sleep if you're struggling with stress and anxiety. Take a listen and enjoy the show today. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. Dr. Thomas, it's a pleasure to have you on the Sleep Whisperer podcast. You have a lot of experience. I've been looking forward to this conversation for many, many days. And it's a topic also that so many people actually need this information. And as somebody from the medical community, it's validated information. So we're talking about stress, anxiety and sleep today. And you have already shared wonderful information with me when we've spoken. So 
and can't wait to see what you will share with our listeners today so can you just first tell us a little bit about yourself how did you and how did you come into this field and something about your experience with stress and anxiety and of course you deal with a whole lot more but just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into the conversation yeah diva it was nice to nice to talk to you nice to have this conversation today i am basically a medical practitioner and uh, adult psychiatrist specialized in adult psychiatry uh, in the last 40 years i have been doing psychiatric consultations okay and uh, any further details is you know you can see my website Yes, we'll come to that. Mjthomas.com. Okay. But and, this talk uh, is very interesting for me. Yes, yes. Okay, because uh, so, you know today we are going through a pandemic of coronavirus. A lot of people are anxious. A lot of people are tense, and of of course, a lot of people are sleepless too. Okay, so any discussion on this topic is actually interesting. So. that's why i said it's a pleasure to talk to you about this okay then what would you like to ask so uh, first tell us how do you uh, do you bring in the topic of sleep with your patients in uh, different whatever they come to you for is sleep something you do talk to them about as context for whatever you diagnose and yeah let me just put it like this sleep is a problem if someone is in distress mm. irrespective of whether it's a psychiatric illness whether it's a medical illness or whether it's an external stress like what i told you just now a pandemic which is going on okay so sleep becomes a problem for almost every practitioner in managing patients so one of the things that we ask to all patients is how good is your sleep okay depending on the severity obviously we will be able to make out mm. whether it's significant or not there are even sleep indexes which actually you can get on a scale to know the severity if mm. there is severe distress and obviously the sleep becomes disturbed much more so right. we do ask every patient about sleep so um in your eyes what is actually stress people talk so much about stress in fact many times stress is even in the corporate world stress is worn like a badge of honor there's almost uh, something fascinating to say i have high stress but what really is stress physiologically psychologically just could you just explain to us how would you say stress is okay uh, stress means different things for different people so people talk about stress uh, in different contexts but if you look at it little more logically you have to analyze stress in three different aspects okay so i would try to kind of put it into a layman's terms and you know mm. explain about it 
stress can be actually divided into as one component which is the stressor which is actually the event or object which causes stress mm. another component which is actually what you experience it's called stress experience the third component how do you actually behave when this happens that's called stress response now let's take it one by one mm. if you think in terms of stressor which is the event or object which is causing stress these events or objects can be imaginary it can be real it can be something which is currently there or it can be something which is anticipated can occur mm. like coronavirus you get worried whether the virus will catch you mm. an anticipatory stress so these are the things which causes certain kind of distress in you so stress is anything that causes distress in you but then does do everyone get uh, distressed by any object or event no there are certain people can cope up much better than others now that coping up depends on whether uh, you are born with certain abilities and your life experiences both of which actually modify the ability to cope up then again situational in this situation or some other situation it is different <laughs> different times in life it can be different so when you talk about a stressor person has to see an object or event as something which causes distress now if you look at it little more clearly just assume that you are in front of a snake mm a lot of people it will cause distress yes a snake charmer doesn't cause stress mm okay so there is an event which causes distress to you so that is the stressor so immediately the brain tells you if it causes distress immediately the brain tells you to run away from it or kill the snake now this is technically called as fight flight fight reaction okay either you got to run away from it or you got to kill it mm. so what do the brain do the brain will ask all your body organs to kind of over become overactive it is giving you certain extra energy to do what you want to really do either kill the snake or run away from it okay this extra energy is transmitted through a system of nerves called autonomic nervous system which distribute to all the organs in the body okay now once this extra energy goes to basically the brain is telling you act much more so every organ acts much more including the brain now if you look at different organs the heart will pump much more blood so pulse rate goes up you can get palpitation you can get bp rise mm-hmm. you can get air hunger you breathe much more rapidly you can get a lot of acid secretion in the stomach so stomach discomfort can be there intestinal motility increases you may go to the toilet much more often you yes have to pass urine much more often because the bladder motility is increased hands may shiver sweat and so on 
and of course the brain also is activated much more so you'll get certain emotional and emotional symptoms like anxiety you will also get sleeplessness the mm. importance of sleeplessness yes stress experiences acting on the brain causes sleeplessness okay now when you have a stressor that is a snake in front of you and when you have your bodily experience including the brain you will act on it either you'll kill the snake or you'll run away that is called stress response okay so now you get a clearer understanding of yes. stress stress is an event or an object if i summarize which is either anticipated or currently there okay it depends on the perception of the person who is feeling it someone else who does not get frightened about it does not get any stress mm. someone else who is extremely frightened of an event or object gets much more stress and in turn it produces a stress experience which is an autonomic arousal of the body organs mm. including the brain and the arousal in the brain causes anxiety and other anxiety depression you keep thinking about it mm. is a psychological symptoms and the physical symptoms is a disturbance in sleep mm. which is the topic which we are going to discuss today yes so i wouldn't go much more into the response yes the response is actually what you do when you have yes very interesting actually nobody has ever explained stress so simply so i think that aspect of thinking about the stressor and stress experience it's really very it makes the explanation of stress so simple but before we get into sleep quickly just why is the decade now much more stressful than before what has really changed that people more people are having these experiences and struggling with it if i have to explain uh, why is it much more common common mm. to have stress now i will actually look at certain kind of uh, theories which are proposed by different people as early as 1943 a person called abraham maslow proposed a theory of hierarchy of needs okay this theory actually tells you that people always aspire for higher forms of needs now basically if a person is actually there the basic needs are food water air and so on mm. so your aspiration is to get those food water and air now having achieved that if you have food water and air and you can live then you want to kind of go into the next uh, level of needs that he calls a security needs Mm. you want a shelter you want to live in something which is secure for you now if you have a house if you have food water and air then you go into the next level of needs these are called emotional needs well you want to be loved you mm. want to belong to some group okay so you tend to get married you tend to belong to a particular 
group in our society in, around. Okay, having achieved that, the next level is actually emotional needs. I have just told you about the belonging part of it. The next need is actually need for self-esteem. Mm. Mm. You want other people to appreciate you. Yes. They have to tell you that you have done something great. Mm. Okay. Now, having achieved that, if you are someone, somewhere, and people are appreciating you, then the next need is actually, his final need is self-actualization. What it means is that we are absolutely content with everything. Very few people achieve that. Mm. But all the time you are trying to kind of go upwards on the need ladder from the basic needs towards the, the self-esteem needs. And once having achieved that, you are try, uh, struggling to kind of reach self-actualization needs. Okay. So almost all the people actually look to become somewhere on the top of the ladder. But quite often they cannot reach there. So you get frustrated. That causes a lot of stress. Now, why is today much more stressful than some years ago, some decades ago? Again, I'll fall back onto another book written by Alvin Toffler in 1970. Alvin Toffler writes about future shock. The title of the book is Future Shock. In 1970, even much before the internet came into uh, operations, you know, he started writing about what can happen in the future. So he talks about the kind of stress that people faced in different eras. Mm. world was in an agro or agricultural era in the beginning. Mm. Then it went to industrial era. Yes. And today we are in the information era. Mm. So there is a change. And change is something which will keep on happening. If there is something permanent, it is change. Yes. Okay. Now, the difference is that change will always be there. The difference is that the pace of change changes from time to time. In agricultural era, if a person is, suppose I am born in the agricultural era, throughout my life, I would not see much of a change. I would live the same way as I live. Yes. I would do the same agriculture which I did. And all my life, I would probably not see any kind of change. The children may be doing the same agriculture. Mm. So there is very little change. When the industrial era came in, changes became faster. Maybe I would see my children going into some, some other place to kind of work. And they would do something different from agriculture. Okay. So there is some change and it's a faster change. You start seeing one change in your lifetime. Yes. But in the information era right now, we are going to actually see changes occurring so rapidly because internet gives you information in the real time anywhere in the world. Okay, So anything that happens, any change that happens in the world is immediately known to the entire world. Yes. And things keep changing so rapidly. So in a lifetime of one person, 
you will see many, many changes. So what happens to the person? You got to learn new things. You got to unlearn the old things. And little later again, you got to learn something more new. And you got to unlearn again. Yes. You got to relearn again. So there is always a learn, unlearn, relearn. And this go on and almost on a continuous pace throughout your life. That causes a lot of stress because you may not be in a position to cope up with all this. Mm. And as you grow older, it becomes tougher and tougher to cope up. So that is the reason why today you find much more stress than what it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago or your parents' time. Okay, because we need to be on your toes, learning, unlearning, relearning. Yes. And many times. Mm. So is that something, doctor, that when you have patients with stress or anxiety, that you advise them to reduce uh, gadget time of exposing themselves to these external potential stressors? Well, uh, I wouldn't really think that may work very well. Yes. Because they are always pressurized to kind of uh, learn the new things. Mm. So they have to spend time on the gadgets. Well, yes. you can prioritize things. Mm. You have to choose what you need to kind of see on the gadgets or internet or uh, anything else. Yes. You can actually prioritize your daily activities. Leave out the ones which are useless for you. Mm. And you can pick on the ones which you can actually do, you need to do. See, when the pressure was not there, you had a lot of time. So you did a lot of things which were not really useful. Now the pressure is high that you need to be learning and unlearning and relearning. Yes. So you need to prioritize. You don't have that kind of time. Yes, doctor. And uh, you're, it's a very thoughtful thing you shared as well about the social media. I want to uh, talk a little bit about anxiety. What is anxiety? How does it look like? Yeah. So let me put it again, starting from the stress part of it. Yeah. Okay. Now I talked to you about the stressor which causes stress experience. Yes. Now stress experience is, is an activity of different organs, overactivity of different organs. Mm. And one of those organs which become overactive is brain. Okay. Mm. Now if the brain becomes overactive, obviously you get a lot of emotional symptoms. Okay. But you do also, in stress experience, you do also get a lot of physical symptoms. As I told you, yes, uh, everything like uh, heart increasing in rate, hmm. you know, a lot of acid secretions, air hunger and sweating, shivering and so on. Hmm. But when the brain becomes overactive, you get sleeplessness because the brain has to be alert all the time. Mm. And you get a lot of tension, you can get very depressed, you can always be preoccupied with some event or other, 
with a lot of fear and so on. So the if in a person your fear, tension, depression and such things are much more people tend to say that he is very anxious. Mm. But they do also get some degree of uh, physical symptoms on the body. Okay. Suppose the bodily symptoms are much more and the tension, preoccupation with the event, sadness, fear mm. and so on is not expressed very much. People get investigated for physical illnesses. Mm. So generally people actually say that if you know, look, anxiety, someone expresses fear and tension and so on and become sleepless and so on. But those who express only say that I got a stomach pain or I got palpitation and so on, mm. eventually get investigated for heart disease and other diseases. Finally, they find nothing. And then they would actually refer to a psychiatrist for mm. treatment of anxiety. Very interesting, doctor. This is the first time actually somebody from, I've heard from the medical community. So you're saying that, that there's also a rampant use of things like antacids. So it could very well be related to stress and anxiety. Yeah, well, there are two, three things which happens. There is something called irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. Basically, the bowel activity becomes... Yes. Fine. They, <clears throat> those people will have to actually go to the toilet number of times. Mm. Uh, roughly about 30% of those patients do have high anxiety, which causes a lot of irritation, uh, increased activity of the bowel, and they have to go to the toilet number of times. And mm. technically, that's called irritable bowel symptom. Okay. Same thing happens to the bladder. They may have to go to the toilet number of times. Mm. Hmm? Similar thing happens to the heart. People get palpitations. Yes. Sometimes you get hyperventilation. You, mm -hmm. you feel there is not enough air. You start breathing rapidly. All these things can happen with anxiety. Okay, so how does anxiety actually impact sleep and how can good sleep support uh, recovering from anxiety? When you say anxiety, it is the primary involvement of the brain. Yes. There are two components in it. One is the fear, <clears throat> sadness, preoccupation with the event or object which is actually acting as stressor and all the time frightened of it. Mm. These are emotional thought processes which get involved in anxiety. But simultaneously the brain becomes over alert. When the brain becomes over alert, your sleep gets disturbed. Mm. Okay. So normally when you are calm, and you are sleeping well, there is no stress, the brain activity is quite rhythmic and continuous. Regular, rhythmic, continuous activity, and you are calm. But 
when there is anxiety and your sleep get disturbed and you get a lot of fear and tensions and so on the brain activity actually becomes irregular rapid compared to the regular rhythmic activity mm. okay you will also find that simultaneously sleep is disturbed okay so the sleep disturbance and anxiety is related because both are part and parcel of the same stress experience mm. and it produces certain kind of changes in the brain particularly its rhythmic activity which quite often you measure using an eeg and uh, highly technical kind of eegs which can show that uh, the brain activity changes during alert stage and sleep stage mm. okay and it will also reflect on the tensions that a person goes through okay so how do rhythms actually help in modulating the autonomic arousal well uh, i said that uh, there is a change during stress experience in mm. the brain yes which that makes it regular yeah yeah subjective feeling of anxiety that is the tension fear and so on and sleep disturbance right i also said that is you know when the stress occurs is you know the brain rhythms become rapid irregular while if you are calm it is regular rhythmic and continuous so if you look at it from the other end if you somehow make your rapid rhythms in the brain into rhythmic continuous regular activity mm. you might probably bring down the stress too okay you are changing yes. the rhythms of the brain mm. basically the brain rhythms are reflecting the electrical activity of the brain yes. if you bring down the fast pace of the electrical activity into a slow pace which is rhythmic continuous and uh, regular then maybe your anxiety comes down right now you can actually do that by introducing a stimuli from outside which is rhythmic and stimuli yeah. and rhythmic and continuous okay now i'll explain using what i use with all yes. my patients i ask them to walk regularly at least for one hour mm. when you walk your leg movements are rhythmic ah and also your thigh muscles actually circulate blood rhythmically so there are already two rhythms there and then if you chant something or listen to some uh, rhythmic music in fact some of the sleep podcasts use rhythmic music yes okay so if you use that is one more stimuli which is rhythmic so you can use all your sensory organs to get some form of rhythm introduced into the brain so is anything there anything you, other than walking and listening to music you could advise well your prayers hmm i was going to ask you that earlier yeah your prayers every religion has a prayer yes. and the chanting 
Yes. That is also a rhythmic activity. You can use any of your uh, the touch, it's rhythmic touch, like what happens in the uh, prayer bead. Mm. Basically rolling the prayer bead, it's a rhythmic touch. Okay, so you can actually do anything that uh, is rhythmic. So in course of time, the brain learns to become rhythmic. So even breath work, some sort of pranayama. Yes, I would not know exactly what, uh, what yes. is done in each of them. Yes. But these are called relaxation exercises. Mm. There are numerous relaxation exercises. India is popular with yoga, meditation, and so on. Yes. Okay. There are Chinese ones. Then, of course, prayers is a relaxation exercise. There are quite a few relaxation exercises which is practiced in different countries mm. and different cultures. All of them use some form of rhythmic activity. In course of time, the brain actually tune into that rhythmic activity. And, and is that's that how you bring it down? So that is how these methods actually benefit the reduction of anxiety and stress. Yeah, grossly in a layman's terms, if you actually look at it, that is how it, uh, you know, controls anxiety, because the brain actually you can train your brain quite easily. Okay, even breathing exercises. Breathing repeatedly, slowly, yes. and so on. Relaxation exercises, which are actually practiced in the Western world. Okay. Uh, there are numerous kinds of relaxation exercises in the mm. world. Okay. All of them use a similar kind of principle. Rhythmic. Okay. Yes. Okay. Even if you listen to music, which is rhythmic, you become calm. Um, so, doctor, would you say that it's important whatever somebody decides to do, which is rhythmic, to help themselves in the stress response and anxiety reduction, that it's something, you know, a lot, a lot of time you hear today, I don't have time to do. So, would you say that it's more important that somebody does a little bit every day rather than waiting for a perfect day to do a lot? You have to do every day something yes. if you mm. really want to be calm. Yes. And uh, you have to find a method which is comfortable for you. Mm. Okay. There are numerous methods. Look around and find a comfortable method. Some years ago, there was something called transcendental meditation. Yes. Transcendental meditation was a form of uh, relaxation. It just practiced a, a mantra. Mantra can be in any word actually, hmm. but generally given a God's name. Hmm. Okay, you repeat it in mentally, continuously. Yes. So you can, you know, repeat the mantra, whether you are in the bus, whether you are in the train, whether you are walking, whether you are in the office when you get free time. You don't have to do anything because we are mentally repeating that mantra. That is also a rhythmic activity. Yes. Which will actually finally calm you down. 
So similarly, there are a lot of uh, different methods which are there. Okay. Uh, there are methods like, you know, mental imagery. Mm. People ima imagine that they are walking through a nice path, which is yes. visualization and okay. So all these are different methods. So a person has to choose what he is comfortable with. That's nice. But then he has to practice regularly. regularly. Otherwise, it doesn't make much sense. Yes. Or it takes time for the relaxation to occur. Yes. Thank you, doctor. That was actually very useful and it's important because a lot of time that's what I see where people, um, I always say that do a little every day. It's better than doing something, waiting for a perfect day when every situation and situation may never become perfect. So that's valuable advice that you've given. Now, there's so many people today suffering from sleep challenges. So why do you think the biggest reason for that is that stress? Well, you're changing from one, one kind of life to different kind of life now. And that change is likely to come up after the much more magnified after the pandemic, which is going, going on now. Because you'll have to unlearn a lot of things which you learned earlier. For example, it's been adjusting to the kind of new ways of even working. Yes. Today, yesterday you worked in the offices. You went to the office, sat down with other people, started working. Tomorrow maybe working in your home, not in the offices. That is a big change because yes. you have to get used to the new technology. You have to get used to the new surroundings. Your family will be your surrounding. Previously, it was your peers who were surrounding you. So the changes are much more often today. And there is much more stress that people have to face. Obviously, they have to get uh, learn to cope up with it. Yes. Those who cannot cope up, will find it difficult to survive. Mm. They'll be the losers. Yes. So you need to do something to kind of uh, control the anxiety, control the tensions. So, as a, so I, if, if the tensions are low, all that you need is some form of relaxation exercises practiced every day. Mm. Okay. If the tensions are moderate, you know, most of these changes actually cause a low degree tension, which you get used to after some time. Yes. And you get used to it uh, much faster if you actually practice some form of relaxation exercise. Whether it's sleep podcast, whether it is uh, yoga, whether it is something else, or walking, you will get used to it much faster. If it's a moderate kind of stress, then it takes longer time. Moderate stress comes with severe continuing kind of problems which are there. Maybe conflicts in the family, mm. continuous and longer, which needs probably More. a certain degree of counseling, certain degree of yes. relaxation exercise. Mm. Now, a lot of times the severe form of uh, 
stress comes in in medical illness psychiatric illness because those things are basically due to certain continuing abnormalities mm. and it's severe and it's internal so you need to kind of treat them as well as have a relaxation exercise just treating alone is partially good mm. if you have if you treat them and also have some form of relaxation exercise people are likely to do much better wonderful doctor i think it's a very balanced approach that you have you have such valuable advice because you've really broken it down into what is a uh, lower level what is mean because many times you hear people uh, who are either one extreme or the other they feel that nothing but medication or nothing but relaxation there is you said you really need to be sensitive to see and how to bring in both approach where it's necessary so it's uh, very nice that you shared so much with us today and really broke down stress for all of us but tell me quickly before i let you go what is your sleep practice what do you do to help yourself sleep better <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> uh, i don't do much i sleep every day at the same time try to get a thing you know eight hours sleep sleeping at the same time actually gives you deep sleep much faster yes and you get more sleep time actually deep sleep time which is beneficial because this it is restorative so sleep at the same time that is do you feel doctor that it's important the time you go to sleep as well sleep is better in the dark so night is better time sleep at the same time so that the brain actually get habituated hmm so the deep sleep comes faster and only deep sleep is actually restorative yes okay and then i also do walk one hour every day ah that is all that i do that rhythmic movement that you spoke yeah. to us about mm -hmm. excellent doctor so one last statement before we wind mm -hmm. up is Uh, if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete that? I wouldn't think sleep is the new medicine. Fair okay. enough. Sleep, sleep, sleep is an actually adjunct medicine. If you have a problem, you will always use the intelligent people will always use every every method that is available. Yes. Rather than only one method that is. Available. Yes, absolutely. Okay, sleep is an adjunct. apart from all the other things that you do you may organize your work you may take medicines you may do this or that but sleep actually helps you to kind of calm down so you might as well use it okay so this is also one of them so sleep is important those who actually use some method to kind of get better sleep will do much better than those who do not use it mm Thank you Dr Thomas it was a very interesting conversation i know i don't want to hold you for too long as i promised you it would be crisp and short so it was a beautiful conversation and i know that everybody has some low level of stress and anxiety in certain periods of time so very useful information and very simple practical takeaways for people to actually start to bring into their life right away 
So it was a pleasure having you today on the, where can people contact you or find you if they want to consult you? Is there a way they, they contact drmjthomas.com? Yeah, I have a website. Now okay. I do only online uh, psychiatric management. Okay. And uh, the website is drmjthomas.com Thank you all for listening today and you can apply Dr. Thomas's wonderful takeaways of bringing in a rhythmic movement which you enjoy and that's also key because Dr. Thomas did say find something that you connect to and that's I think also helps you to stay with it for a regular period of time so I hope you enjoyed our conversation about stress, anxiety, and sleep. And if you'd like to reach Dr. Thomas, you know how to do that. Thanks for listening today to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Diva, it was uh, wonderful talking to you. And uh, continue doing what you are doing and do it well. Thank you, I, Doctor. I understand that you are into nutrition and uh, yes. relaxation and things like yes that. continue doing that it's wonderful to have someone to do that sincerely. thank you doctor it's a pleasure talking to you you enjoyed the show just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only this is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a medical practitioner please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions.
everyone i hope you enjoyed the show just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only this is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a medical practitioner please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding if you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro It is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health conditions.